Jesus is approaching Jerusalem here in the 19th chapter of Luke, and in verse 41 it says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless our lesson tonight. Heavenly Father, we praise you this evening, Lord, whatever our concerns are, whatever our situation, our circumstances might be, Lord, we know the answer comes from you. It's ministered to us by the Spirit, Father, paid for by the Lord Jesus Christ and offered to each one of your children, Father, whatever our circumstances might be, Lord, you are the answer. And I thank you, Father, that you are what makes peace for us by the blood of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that we can understand this tonight. Help us to apply it in this very moment, Father, in all that we do, day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour. Help us always to look to you. We thank you for your provision. Bless us tonight, I ask, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, If you follow the news, just world events, even if they're just human interest stories and that sort of thing, you might have heard of the Sycamore Gap Tree. That's the Sycamore Gap tree right there that I have a picture of for you there, and that's Sycamore Gap. It's in, well, northern England in the Northumberland region there, the national forest that, or the national park that's there. and That's a beautiful tree. It's, I mean, countless pictures have been taken of this tree. It's rather iconic, some 300 years old. Did you guys hear the sad news about it? It got hacked down, uh, found yesterday morning, sawed down. Uh, laying over there, someone had tagged it with some paint, put a line across it, and took a chainsaw to it, and put it right right over onto the ground. Uh, 300 years old, pretty tree. And I mean, listen, I don't define myself as a tree hugger by any means, but I don't kill things for no reason. Even, you know, my granddaughter sees something on the ground, she'll step on it. And I try to encourage her not to do that, you know, just because there's no reason just to kill certain things particularly if they're outside in their own element. And it kind of stung a little bit when I saw this tree. I've known about it for I don't, I don't know how long. It's been in movies, for goodness sake. And to see it on, the, on its side, just broken over, uh, cut down just for whatever reason. And they don't know yet what the reason is, and I'm not here to sit and debate everything. But 16-year-old was arrested, and then today I found a 60-year-old man connected to it as well was arrested. And so whatever their purpose was, whatever their motivation was, I don't know if it was political. I don't know if they're making a statement. I don't know if they just got tired of seeing that tree in whatever capacity it bothered them and they determined to take it down. I don't know. But what I know is that they probably didn't realize, I'm guessing, they probably didn't realize how far-reaching the outcry was going to be from taking down this tree. And it has been wide-reaching. I mean, here I am in the middle of the United States of America preaching on this tree that was fallen uh, two days ago. Uh, I don't know if they knew what it would be, what kind of impact it would be. People have set up memorials for it. I'm sure there are a couple of GoFundMes. I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, People have put little uh, vigils around it and set up little shrines to it and that sort of... Whatever, whatever. I'm not going to go that far, but... You know, people are calling for these people's heads. They're upset about it. And they were impacted. And it was, well, far-reaching. And they probably didn't have any idea the kind of extent of those ripples would be. And maybe they did. I don't, I don't know. What I do know is that it was needless and it was 
senseless. And maybe we'll find out that it was leaching all kinds of nuclear waste or something, and these guys actually were heroes for taking it down because the government wasn't going to do it. I don't, no, I doubt that that's the case. What I do know, what I do believe that it was, was that it was someone who did something out of a measure of ignorance and spite and didn't quite realize all of the extent of its repercussions. They're not the last people who will do such things, and they certainly aren't the first. Uh, we understand, as you're turning to Matthew chapter 27, 2,000 years ago, some 2,000 years ago, a little over that, Jesus was sentenced to death. By a number of murderous and ungodly men, Jesus' death was supported at least in part, by any number of additional folks who, at the very least, made themselves ignorant to the entire situation of who he was and what, what he was there for and what he was doing. Um, they expressed their own favor for it, and then there were other ones who just thought perhaps it was just, well, just made themselves completely and entirely ignorant to what was going on. They just had a passing interest in that. But they all came together to do something, well, more than ignorant, but we'll just call it ignorant for the sake of our study tonight. They all came together to bring him to the cross. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 20, we see how they, well, they, they each played their own roles. It says there in Matthew chapter 27, verse 20, is this is when Jesus was standing there or Pilate was standing there uh, in front of the multitudes. It says the chief priests and the elders, there are some groups there, some individuals, they persuaded the multitudes, that's another group, that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor, that being Pilate, answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. They, plural. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Now some had more influence, more clout than other ones did there. Uh, some were definitely the manipulators, and some were perhaps the manipulated, but it says that the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes, and the multitudes in and of themselves were at fault for being so easily and wrongly persuaded. Um, some were more influenced, some were more influential, but they came together, and ignorance was there, and sin abounded. And these ones who came together and cried out for Jesus well, for him to be destroyed and Barabbas to be brought out. Um, these are the, well among those ones that Jesus was talking to in our opening passage there in Luke 19.41. As he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, now they're hidden from your eyes. If you had known, if you had known the things that make for your peace, and specifically the one who makes for their peace. Jesus knew what they were not knowing, be it from simple ignorance or from their own determined choice to make themselves willfully ignorant. He knew the ramifications. He knew the outcry. He knew the widespread impact that was going to take place uh, from this action that they were going to do to him. He knew what was going to happen when the, if you'll go with the metaphor, when the tree was felled. John 14 and verse 7, he was speaking to his disciples here when he says, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. John 14, verse 7, And from now on you know him and have seen him. Now the disciples did go on to have a better understanding of who the Lord Jesus was. And certainly his father uh, and how they came together. And they preached that, taught that just as he had commissioned them to. The priests and the elders, by and large, did not have that understanding. They refused him for what we know of most of them continued to refuse them. 
Paul wrote about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 7, where he says, We speak of the wisdom of God and a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. There was a real ignorance there, willful, be it as it, as it may, they were willfully ignorant, but there was, there was an ignorance that was there, and they had no idea of the repercussions that were going to come, of the fallout that would come. They had no appreciation for the eternal things, the ramifications that were going to take place. Now, you understand, Jesus knew what was going to happen. Jesus knew what they were going to do. Jesus knew what he was going to do by, well, the conduit of their actions, their sin. Jesus, well, the Lord's able to take all things and make them work for good to them that love God, yeah? To them who are the called according to his purpose. And he took those things, what they meant for evil, uh, he used it for good. And that's what our Lord does, certainly. But those ones didn't recognize the ramifications that they were bringing about eternally, specifically for themselves. Let's just say it that way. I'm not going to turn there, but at one point they cry out, let his blood be upon us and our children. And to a very real extent, it has been in their ignorance and their continued willful rejection of him. Uh, it's, well, Jesus said, if you had known, if you had known the things that would bring you peace, and they had the opportunity to know, and yet they chose to fall the tree, as it were. Saints, I just bring this up tonight just because, well, there are often times where we, even as children of God, for whatever reason, sometimes we just get kind of a wild hair, and we get a little crazy sometimes. Uh, a number of different individuals in this meeting have said, sin makes you stupid. And that might sound kind of, kind of rude, <laughs> but there's truth to it. Our flesh is fallible. Our fresh flesh wants to fail. Our flesh doesn't mind failing as long as it's satisfied in its own pleasures and its own desires. But sometimes we just do foolish things. We make ourselves ignorant. We take down trees. And we just sit and start just taking an axe to different things that are foundational and fundamental to us. Things that we should understand, things that we have understood, things that have been presented clearly, things that we know to be so. And yet sometimes we just get tired of seeing it there, perhaps. And we want to go and just start taking an axe to it, perhaps. Just get a wild hair. We shouldn't. We've been given so much given so much to know and to understand. We know the Christ. We know Jesus. We've seen how he reflects our Father. We know him. We know his grace. We know his peace. We know his salvation for us from, well, from sin, certainly, but salvation for the day. Salvation from the evil of the day. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. These ones wanted to know the things that we've been given, wanted to see the mysteries that by the grace of God and by His Spirit in this age has opened up and uncovered those mysteries for us. He goes on, Peter does in 1 Peter 1.12, where he talks about things the angels desire to look into, these heavenly creatures who get a front row seat to the Lord Jesus. They want to look into the things that we partake in day by day and moment by moment. Friends, we've been given to know these things. We've been given to understand certain things that others have not been given to understand. And this is indeed our day to understand it. If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, we've been given to know this. And this is our day to partake of all that the Lord has for us. 
to know who the Lord is, to know what he has called us to, to know what we can lay hold of and attain to, and how he gives us that enabling and empowers us to do that. Saints, we recognize the ramifications that come and the far-reaching, eternal ramifications that come from just hacking down things and dismissing things that the Lord wants for us to grow in our lives, simply because we don't want to look at them anymore. Whatever that might mean to you this evening, if it means anything at all, even if it's just a cautionary tale for you, saints, don't get tired of the things of God. Don't get worn out by seeing things. That's a beautiful tree. It's a beautiful scene, a beautiful idyllic place, and someone got tired of it. Don't get sick and tired of the idyllic presentation of the word, will, and way of God. There are eternal ramifications as a result. Lay hold of his things and hang on to those things. And I'll leave it there.